Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought. As I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. It is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We have been speaking on a subject called the Confessions of Faith through the Virtues of If. And tonight I'm going to answer in totality what are the virtues of if. But before I do that, I want to give a nice, healthy review of what we talked about throughout these last two lessons. This is the first of the year, the brand new year of 2014, and we want to start a little deeper than normal. We want to go into another realm of teaching, really dealing more with con- context behind the content of the scriptures and, and, and see if we can pull out the heart of God in what is conveyed in the text of scripture. We've been studying the entire epistle of John, the three divisions. Yesterday, uh, we spent, uh, the first lesson, we spent a healthy amount of time on division one. And then yesterday, we talked about truth and how division two emphasizes the truth, the only epistle ever written to a woman of God that would transmit the word of God to the people of God. And he was telling this unknown woman that we know was in the church to preserve the truth because of the error of of counterfeit teachings that are in the body of Christ. And, and, And today we're going to deal with the third division of the Gospel of John, which really surmises the first two divisions. But its emphasis... Is, is another warning, but an admonishment to not neglect fellowship because of apostasy. And so we'll, get, we'll hit a little bit about that today in our quick review of Third John, but we're going to emphasize what it means to have uh, the virtues of the if. I started to talk about it last lesson, but I didn't get into it like I wanted to, and so we're going to conclude it today. We started in Corinthians as our opening address, our foundational passage, which which emphasizes we making a point. Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, which is a, which is a group of young Christians that were zealous, but they did not have knowledge, adequate knowledge to exemplify Christian standards. So Paul writes to them. They get offended in in the reading of what he wrote because he addressed issues that should not be taking place in the church. 
And as a result of that, they attacked the credentials of and the qualifications of his ministry. And so in the latter part of the first division of, of Corinthians, which is Corinthians is one letter, is one huge letter that's broken up into two divisions with 13 and 15 chapters in the, in the next. But in the last one, he, he, he tells them they examine themselves to see whether they are in the faith, which is the overall consensus among the community of faith, the people of God, those who are identified through Jesus Christ. So the first three points that we did was we, we, ex, we exergeted, we pulled from the text the, the, the intent behind the content. In three points, we outlined what faith was, that faith causes us to, to develop actions, beliefs, and conducts that identify us as Christians by us acting on what we believe God has ordained for us to do. We, we went to Psalms 26, 1 through 8. We went to Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. And, and we talked about drawing near to God with a full assurance of faith. And we know that it is faith that pleases God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then we said in pulling out that text that we cannot be reprobate. We said that reprobates are morally unprincipled people rejected by God based on them, based on condemnation, and this is a soulish detachment, willfully imposed to reject the standards of God in exchange for being accepted in a crowd or a culture or a lifestyle. So there we see another pattern that godly principles governs our attitudes, behavior, and character. And we took you to Psalms 19, 6-9, and Romans 8. And, and then we said that we need to be sanctified. We go back to that, uh, that heart state, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The heart is the core of our understanding. And in all of our getting, we are to get an understanding. So we have to sanctify the Lord God in our heart and be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. First Peter 3 15 through 17. So that way when people, you, you, you have a good conscience in the sight of God. Why? Because it's your confessions of faith. So, so then we learn in the third point in the first lesson that we are called to be perfect. We are called to be perfect. That means mature. Now how is maturity assessed in a Christian? Three ways. By absolute authority in Jesus, by a biblical worldview, and by our ability to contend for the faith, to give an answer, to give an answer and to exemplify that answer in our conducts, in our commitments, in our conviction, convictions, in our consistency, and in our character. And as we do this, we can then say, hey, we live by the confession or profession of our faith. Now, faith demands several things. And that's what we, we begin to unfold. We went to how, first of all, that faith is God's power expressed 
in the acting on our believing what he has directed us to believe. So we are, we went to 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, that, that when we preach the word of God, as a man of God, I'm preaching to you on this broadcast, but as I preach the word of God, it is not according to man's wisdom, but it's according to the spirit of God and the power of God, so that your faith, See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also goes on to say, how can they hear without a preacher? Blessed are those that preach the gospel. So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in God's power. Now, I have to receive the word of God in God's power for, for me to declare God's word in power so that you can have confidence in the word of God to act on what you believe God is saying to you. That's a confession of faith. It is not a manipulation uh, or a memorization of scriptures that you're pattering after somebody else is telling you this is a good, good scripture for you to know. That's not a confession. That's an that's a affirmation where you're trying to affirm yourself. There's nothing wrong with affirmations, but affirmation is not revelation. So, so we dug deeper. We went deeper into it, and we read that that we have to put ourselves in remembrance of of certain things, and that that God's power is going to translate to us through His love and through a soundness of mind, rejecting the spirit of fear. And in order to reject the spirit of fear, you have to embrace the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore speak. So our faith, our confession of faith is everything. Is everything to our our exemplifying Christian standards. Alright. Now we we left Corinthians after expanding the concepts around Corinthians. We 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 understood that that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in the early 40s, 50s A.D. Here in John, we see the latter church, the younger church that hadn't really associated with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus because they weren't there. Uh, John, John was in his 80s, 60s to 80s when he wrote um, the epistle of John, whereas he was in his 40s and 30s when he wrote the Gospels of John. So here the same author is writing, but he's writing from a different vantage point to a different audience that have the potential because of all of the sacrifices made but are not connecting mm, to the relevancy of the time because of the fact that they are not experiencing God's power. So the confession of faith here, just like Jude and just like James wrote in their epistles to the church are now being given a greater uh, emphasis through the Apostle John here. At an older age, he's saying, let's pay attention to some different aspects of our faith. And, and, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Faith is going to be tested by our quality of life. Which brings us to the virtues of it. Now, I'm going to go there in a second, but I, I still want to make certain that you're getting this. We, we learned in, in, in studying the, the, the epistle of James 
we can grasp an overall connotation on faith in the life of a Christian. And, and what, we, what we learn is that there's five things that this particular, of the epistle of John, the first division and the second division, emphasize, even the third. In particular, the, the last two divisions of, of John, that, the overall address is in chapter one. Just to give you some insight, if you want to learn the theology behind what he's saying to the church that he wanted the church to know was in, in chapter 1, in division 1. Now the other two divisions of John are two chapters or two private letters that were contained in the mass letter to give to two individuals within the church uh, that he was writing. He, he was writing it in Ephesus, but he was sending it to the church, to the church, to other churches so that they could um, they could be empowered, hallelujah, uh, uh, to go further beyond what the apostles did. Now remember, I told you the church after Acts, still the church was kind of scattered. Paul didn't really uh, 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 Paul didn't really attain the reconciliation that was needed for the revelations that he had. He started the work. He established many churches. Asia Minor was getting the gospel. The apostles then were coming after him and, and giving more things to add to because he wasn't an eyewitness. He received Jesus by revelation, but they were eyewitnesses. That's what John is saying. Hey, I'm an eyewitness, so you need to pay attention. This is my validation I'm giving to you in 1 John. And so there are various things that we learn in 1 John. Number one is that Christian life is exemplified in our conduct. Our conduct is a result of the resolves given to careful thought. Our conduct can display the investments of training instilled from others in us. And our conduct is what God expects for us, uh, to, uh, for all Christians to have that's unfailing. Because our conduct really displays our faith. Faith without works is dead. Show me a man that, that has faith with his works and I'll show you a man of faith. Faith without faith is impossible to please God. And faith, through faith, we overcome the world, 1 John 5, 4. Then secondly, we said the courage to be different. Being different is being distinct in perception, patterns, and processes. Being different is the connotation, is, and this connotation is devotion to the nature and the conduct of Christ. And being different is being diligent on learning the ways of Christ. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Then we also say it's the crux text. That means that's a test that contrasts between apostates and believers. We say that apostates are a person who has abandoned one's religious faith. Uh, it is a person that is not principled. A believer has resolved to live by faith and not by sight. The resolve to distinguish whether a person is a believer or an apostate is simple. Does the teaching which they give achieves the final work and the finished work of the cross through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus and, and, and provides it for us as confidence in by way of redemption. So that means if we, didn't, if, if we can't be confident in it, it was not achieved. If, if we still say, hey, we should have saved by grace. Yes, you were a sinner, but you've been saved by grace. God has enabled you to live the Christian life through and by his Holy Spirit. And if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God, and you, you attain that promise because you look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. 
If you're looking and focused in the in the in the light, and you walk in the light, as here in the light, you have fellowship with Yah. And if you have fellowship with light, and there is no darkness in Him at all, you're going to attain the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, so, so the test is. Is is this all capitalized and it doesn't promote you whenever you hear someone teaching about the Lord Jesus? Are they uplifting Jesus Christ? And is it causing you to identify with God's spirit through power? Is it empowering you to prosper in every area of your life? Spirit, soul, body, body, socially, economically, and spiritually. Either way you want to look at it. Then, ultimately, we need to have some certainties in faith. Faith, void of action, is dead. Faith's voice is the word of God. And faith's victory is when the believer acts on what they believe the directive of God is for their life. And if, that, you, if you don't have those assurances, you don't have certainty. And you need to go back to why you believe what you believe. Examine yourself to see whether you are in faith. And then ultimately, faith is translated through love because faith works by love. So the covenant of God's love, it is God's love that expresses his highest intent for humanity and their way of life. God's love is what establishes our faith, and faith works by love. And God's love is the motive behind our faith. It's the motive. Love is the motivator. Faith is the operator. And hope is the inspirator. Right? Because hope maketh us not ashamed. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So, I gave you 12 things in Peter to let you know what are the privileges of being a believer. So you can have confidence that the work of the cross is not just a a, a affirmation, but it is a confession. It's, a, it's something that is so embedded in our spirit that we live it out day to day. Now, what causes that to happen at will? God's power, number one. But it's God's power enacted on in our circumstance which we choose to comply to. Give you a case in point. What is the significance of the virtues of if? The significance of the virtue of if is this. A virtue is a positive trait or quality deemed to be morally good and thus is valued as the foundation principle and good moral being. Personal virtues are characteristics valued as promoting collective and individual greatness. The opposite of a virtue is a vice. So when, when, when we talk about if, the word if is a conjunction. In other words, it takes an objective and an outcome. And if the outcome and the objective agree, that if becomes validated. For example, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured by the sword. Now, here's a good example. What's the objective? Willingness and obedience. The outcome is eating the good of the land. What's the, what's the, what's the conjunctive factor? If you are. If you decide to be willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. 
But if you decide to refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the, the sword. And then it gives you why that is. Because the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. So the virtues of if is, if the outcome and the, and the objective are balanced and in place, and you choose to operate based on the knowledge of the outcome and the knowledge of the objective, your confession of faith will translate your circumstances to conform to the nature and the character of God. And in the first division, now let me give let me let me go back, let me work from third third John to first John, and then we'll get this, the five ifs that I think is helpful for this year. The Lord had prompted me in my spirit. I, I was hearing him. I was hearing him at first like Job in the, in the summer of last year. Where were you? Where were you then? Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Where are you? Then the, then the question changed. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Then, then, the, then the spirit began to say, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And then I heard toward the end of the fall, are you ready? And then he began to speak to me and show me the plan. He showed me what to even teach on this year and how to teach it. Not to try to pull and try to refute other theologians and stuff that's just irrelevant. But to promote, to say something about this year, glory to God, is going to spark a revolution in our hearts that conforms us and identify us as being the children of God. There's something that's going to happen this year that's going to show you where you really stand. For in 2014, it shall be seen. It shall be seen. Whether it be what you believe, it's going to be seen. What you don't believe, it's going to be seen. Well, you say, well, what does the virtues of if have to do with it? If is everything to the believer. Because you have to choose ye this day whom ye are going to serve. You know, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then they will hear. See, the manifestation won't come until you resolve to the virtues of the if. You got to take an examination on the outcome and the objectives of what will happen if you set your condition, hallelujah, to be that which God has ordained for you to be. God is not taking the time out to give you words after words, prophetic utterances and confirmations and associations with godliness and godly people to have you doormat and not experiencing the reality in which he's proclaiming in your ears on a regular basis. This is the year that he wants to show you that he's God all by himself. He already showed you last year, but some of us, was so engrossed in culture and society and so busy from neglecting the quality time demanded of us when we accept him as Lord that we could not see his work in our lives despite the attacks of the enemy. But not this year. 
The finger of God is writing on the wall. The hand of God will manifest and show us things that we have waited to be seen. Because in 2014, it shall be seen. Now, even in this teaching format that I've done now for now eight years, been preaching for 25 years, been in ministry for over 20 years, there's a greater hunger and determination expected of us as believers. And we must not get so comfortable in, and familiar in knowledge, because knowledge puffs up. We got to seek God's face like never before. And we have to position ourselves to be readily available for when the manifestations take place. Mm. Well, ain't much more to say after that but to read you the ifs. And you got to go back to first uh, John to see where all of these are. And, and um, of course, you know, uh, these passages are found all in First John. But they're examination scriptures to tell us this is, this is, this is what we should really pay attention to in our faith wall. I'll do it in five minutes and we'll be done. This is an overview of First and Second John. The scripture lets us know that if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. Now, let me give you this insight. When we start answering the question, if, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land, remember, it is a decision that you make that qualifies that if. That's the virtue. The virtue is what is what are you going to allow in your life this year that's going to cause that if to become a reality of your faith. That's what I've been talking about. What are you going to do? What are you going to do this year? And what are you going to decide to do this year that's going to that's going to set you apart as a person of faith? What are you going to do? So, um. It says this: If you say you walk, you have fellowship with the Lord. You walk, you walk with, and you walk in darkness. You're deceiving yourself. You lie, and you do not the truth. I want you to hear how it emphasizes the truth in these questions. But if you walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Isn't it amazing how, when you walk in the light of God, it is easy for you to get along and to interact with other people. And, and then God's power and God's ability and his work and his favor then shines on your life because it says this, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. It goes to work. Next, next one. Next if. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, if we, if, if we say we have fellowship with them and walk in darkness, we can't do the truth. And then it says if we act like we have never come short, and, and uh, now that doesn't mean that you develop a sin conscience. 
What that means is you are not in denial of the error that is in your life. You don't, you don't, you can operate confidently in God's righteousness, but you don't act in denial in your own errors. You bring to account the, the inadequacies of your soul, and you bring it before the throne of grace and obtain mercy. And you say, Lord, have mercy upon me. That's what we're missing in the church. And people are saying they're operating by faith, and they don't cry for mercy. But we need to learn how to say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Hallelujah. One of the greatest prayers I learned, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy on me. Anyway, because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us of all sin. But if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Now, here's the resolution. If we confess, see, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then it goes back to say, but if you say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. His word is true. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory.